Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone and Steve Bowden. And today we're going to be talking about the Babylon 5 episodes, Born to the Purple and Infection from the first season. This is the third and fourth episode. And because we have Steve here uh, for the first time in this series, we just want to uh, have him speak first and give his impression of the series so far because he, he just started watching it like me. So, so Steve, why don't you tell us what you think of the show? Okay, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it's funny because I've never really watched many sci-fi shows before so this is kind of a new experience for me with with the genre but yeah i think the show is great um and then i don't i'm not normally like taken by them because like i don't like star trek or like anything like that mm-hmm. um and, and i think this show does a good job of kind of surprising me and that's something that i like like it's not as obvious like i'll i'll look at the title and i might think oh, okay like here's what i think is going to happen and then i'm like oh no all right they, they didn't go that way so <laughs> Yeah, so, it's it's definitely it was definitely a, a conscious reaction to shows like Star Trek where they decided to do things differently with this show. Yes. Yeah, well, I'm glad they did. It's funny because <laughs> it's definitely like it's definitely got its like heart in like the like the hard sci-fi realm for me. Like it feels like if you're a hard science fiction fan, this is definitely a show that you would appreciate. But I also do think it's a show you don't need to be a science fiction fan to uh, to like it. Um, at least yeah. based on, on so far from what I've seen, um, you know, I don't, I don't know where it's going to go from here, but yeah, I think, I think that's definitely the case. I think it's, it's like the kind of show that I think my mom would probably be able to watch if she got into the characters. Um, yeah, but, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's not like it delves deeply into the science or anything and it's got a lot of politics and things like that that people can get into. But yeah, uh, I think. Oh, yeah, ahead. I think it's neat. So, oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, I think it's really neat. And so far, I've been very interested to see like each episode, and and I think there's like a lot of depth to the characters that I like, kind of exploring, and I like it when they give you like a little bit more. Yeah, I, I like. The, I mean, the characters on the show are interesting because I think I think Brandon mentioned up in a previous episode that you know you can. You can see, like, even early on that, like, certain characters are like, wow, this character could be a good guy or a bad guy from week to week, depending on what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that keeps it unpredictable. Yeah, because it's more like they all have their own agendas. And mm-hmm. sometimes that agenda seems like, oh, maybe this guy's going to be sort of pitted against the Babylon 5 people a little bit. Maybe this week he won't be, you know, so... And maybe this week, you know, who knows, Babylon 5 maybe is, is the one that you're not going to be rooting for. Maybe you'll be rooting for, for Jakar or, or, or uh, Orlando. So, I don't know, just, it, it, it seems, it's morally gray in a good way, not morally gray yeah. in a stupid way. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so the first episode is Born to the Purple. And, and this one, I, so the more I reflected on this episode, the more I liked it because it sort of highlights one of Londo's uh, weaknesses, I think. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so it, it's basically about him being seduced by a woman named um, Adira. Adira Tyree. Yeah. Yeah. Adira Tyree. And, uh, and she's kind of, I don't she like a stripper slash courtesan. Is that sort of the, I was. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's her, her deal. She is, uh, an, I think, I think, uh, but yeah, that's, that, that works. Exotic and, dancer. And she, and she's, she, we find out that she's actually a slave of a guy. I think his name was Trachis. And, yes. and he's using his ownership of her as a, as a way of, of getting her to extract secret secrets from Londo. 
Um, and and so that's sort of what the plot revolves around is, is her efforts to, to to acquire these secrets. So it's a real intrigue heavy episode. And I thought it to me, it really felt like a an I Claudius type thing. It really kind of came right out of that sort of type of intrigue. And it also reminded me of the Claudius character from the show because that's his weakness is women. And and so it's a, I thought it was uh, I don't know if it was a deliberate callback to that, but it definitely reminded me of of some of the stuff that happened in the later I Claudius episodes. I'm I'm pretty sure I Claudius was on Straczynski's mind when he was working on this show. There's too many too many points in the show. You're like, oh, OK, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, not like it's the same plot or anything, but it's it's there's definite inspiration. Mm. But yeah, I, uh, I I like this episode. I mean, it it gives you it gives you a feel for Centauri as well too. You're getting more of a feeling of what politics are like there. What, well, what you know, Londo and this is the first Centauri woman kind of... we've seen, right? Uh, yeah, I think there may have been some around the background and stuff. But I, well, and of course, I like to count the prequel. There's the one in the prequel, but yeah, the actual real series. I think this is the first female Centauri character. Um, uh, oh, go ahead, I'm noticing Steve. a good. I was just going to say I'm noticing a good trend, by the way, that uh, that like I kind of noticed developing in this episode. Whatever episode that Underworld Mantis guy is in is great. Like it's, it's <laughs> better if he's if he's there. Yeah, I, this this one was really good at exploding that under that. There's like an underground level in the uh, in Babylon Five that's like a I don't know, like an undercity or something where there's all these like seedy establishments and it it's kind of noir like. It's it's uh you know, there's like there's like the strip club and like the the sort of vaguely gangster like owner of the strip club and the mantis and and it 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 feels really big to me. Um, I forget how many people do they say live on the station. They keep saying it at the beginning of every episode. Uh, half a million. Okay. Half a million. Yeah. So it's the size of. A, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a city basically. Um, yeah, <laughs> with slums and everything. So, but yeah, I, I like that they're able to kind of get you into that, uh, and I, and I like the whole thing where like the the captain and Londo have to go and like you know they go to the strip club and they and they talk to the owner and they they sort of you know they sort of like. It's it's almost again it's kind of like a noir uh, type plot line. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's a pretty well done episode, and I mean it's you know I I, I like the uh, the element of uh, uh, I lost my chain of thought. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, but the. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I, you know, the villain guy's a little heavy-handed, but uh, that's, that's the only character I'm not crazy about in this now, episode. But even he's 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 a good character, now, I suppose. What now? The villain, the Trachis guy, is is he? Trachis. What 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 race is he? I, I couldn't figure out if he was an alien or if he was just some weird-looking human who like. Didn't I think go he's an alien, sun. but they don't give him any particular affiliation or anything i mean he's just kind of out to sell the information and but yeah i, I don't know he just kind of, he's a little his motivations are just kind of there I, I kind of i kind of feel like for this show a lot of times characters can be a little deeper but that's yeah. a real nitpick it's a good episode anyway yeah because he just kind of felt vaguely uncanny like there was i wasn't really able to put my finger on what was going on with his face that 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 didn't look human do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's uh, 
as, as aliens on Babylon 5 go, he's pretty, uh, pretty human-y. Now, there was also there was a line in this episode where I think Londo said, I would rather kiss a Jovian tree worm. Do we ever find out what Jovian tree worms are in the series? Or is I, that just a throwaway? I know it's a pretty meaningless detail, but I was just curious if that... Well, we haven't so far. I mean, it's possible that uh, we we do at some point. I mean, I haven't watched the show in 15 years. Oh, so, okay. you know, my, I, there's things I remember distinctly and there's a lot that I don't remember. Okay. So. Well, we should keep our eyes peeled then for the Jovian tree worms. If they, cause I want to see how, cause they keep having these lines where they mention some sort of like alien or something <laughs> as like, you know, just, just as like a saying. And I, and, and I want to see how many of them actually make their way into the, into, the, into show. the show yeah yeah sometimes they do fill those things out later i can think of some examples mm-hmm. off the top of my head but i cannot remember a jovian tree worm <laughs> and also i think steve you were the one saying to me that you thought that it was pretty good that the um that that Trachis was at least semi-competent in his uh in his dealings against londo right when he sent like the men to slow him down it wasn't mm-hmm. like a it wasn't like a total, you know, you know, the captain just, you know, uh, evades them quickly and slaps them in the back of the head kind of thing. There was, you know. Yeah, that was that was a good example of the surprise thing that I thought was really cool when the guy's like, OK, well, like, sure, I'll, I'll pay double if you're willing to, like, shoot these guys, you know, <laughs> if you're willing to shoot these guys. And I'm like, oh, my God, right, well, these guys will probably just get shot by the captain and it'll end. And then I'm like, oh, no, these guys like if they don't hide, they're probably going to die. <laughs> guys are just outgunning them and like chasing them in the slums. I, yeah. I thought that was a really cool moment. I'm like, Oh, look at this. They're succeeding. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nice yeah. to see that trench coats are still in fashion in the future too. The, yeah. The two, the two henchmen had trench coats on um, <laughs> and, and sunglasses. Don't look yeah. the space yeah, station. They look, yeah. like, they look like, they look like uh, rejects from a Chuck Norris movie or something to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah well you know this is the same era of tv as uh walker texas ranger so well and actually i think he i think he wrote an episode of walker texas ranger when i was looking at his thing he did he <laughs> did actually I was we, we should that, track that episode down and watch just that one episode and yeah hey also he also worked on murder she wrote I, yeah so. I, I was talking with steve uh, about that <laughs> yeah and we the debating, ghostbusters cartoon which we were was debating the merit bad. of murder she wrote as as that yeah. came up, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a long road to Babylon Five. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess when you look at that pedigree, this show could have turned out very different. If, uh, <laughs> you know. yeah, once again, it's like if you want to get your own show, you've got to take the jobs that are coming before you can go. Okay, now I now I want to do my show. Yeah, it's like you got to pay your dues. But uh, so the the next episode is uh, infection, which was yes. um, normally this is the kind of episode I don't like in these shows because I don't like episodes where the setup seems to be the whole ship is going to be taken over by a virus or something <laughs> like that. Just I don't like the I don't like plot lines where they basically have to hit a reset button at the very end. And then like all these people who either should have died or were seriously debilitated by some kind of weird illness are now 100 percent OK. But this yeah. was much more contained, so it was, I was okay with it. It wasn't, uh, you know, it was just basically one guy was and and infected. I think is the wrong word. This this is not an infection. Uh-huh. 
um, which maybe yeah. There's nothing contagious about the guy. There's nothing contagious or him spreading yeah. or anything. But... It was like a device that affixed itself to him, and mm-hmm. he uh, he he basically turned into like the last leader of what were they called again? The Akara. Um, it was more of a possession possession yeah. should have been the title but but, uh... <laughs> but but the basic premise is it was a doctor episode what's the name of the doctor actually i can't remember the doctor's name oh uh, franklin franklin okay. even franklin yep so dr franklin gets a visit from one of his old professors i guess i i don't mm-hmm. know why an archaeology professor was you know part of his training maybe that's something <laughs> do. but he needed the credit he needed yeah. some some additional credits that's all but this this dr hendrix guy uh, basically gets his assistant Nelson to go through customs by I, he has some kind of taser that stops people's hearts and he he kills the customs agent on Babylon 5 and smuggles in these uh, these alien relics that are that are like biotechnology it's they, they have like capillaries in them and and uh, and and they come from I think it was a car 7 is the name of the home world and yeah and 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 basically Hendrix is just trying to make millions of whatever the equivalent of dollars is in the future. And, uh, and, and it unleashes this, this problem on the ship when Nelson gets the, one of the technologies attached to him and just basically just starts trying to murder people because I guess the Akara were pretty much Nazis and, and they just go around killing people that don't meet their, their, their really high standards of excellence. So, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, on the on the archaeology thing, did they ever establish that Hendrix was an archaeologist? Because I could have sworn I, that he said he was an archaeologist. I, or I, yeah, he, he may have. I I just can't remember. But but I know that he's definitely engaged in archaeology. That's definitely well. That, yeah. the, the thing is, the thing is though that you know IPX. I get the impression on the show of IPX is that I don't know if they're interested in archaeologists of science as much as they're just like let's loot alien alien ruins, you know. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how much is actually them trying to figure out, you know, what was this society like as much as let's just let's just get their cool, cool. stuff. And I guess archaeologists they they would need forensics people too, and that and a medical that's true person might that's come in. Handy. I don't know much about it, but but I just thought it, it just seemed like he was like an archaeologist type. He may have been. I, I, you, you, you've got me curious now. I'll uh, um, have to think about it. But this is actually regarded as one of the worst episodes of Babylon Five oh, really? by a lot of people. Wow. There's, that's now. Why? What's the reason for that? What's the uh, What's the dislike of the episode come from? Um, I think maybe because in a lot of ways it doesn't feel that Babylon Five-ish. I mean, it's you know this this very. It, in a lot of ways, it reminds me kind of a of a you know, of a Doctor Who episode to an extent. You know, you can see the Doctor, like, you know, arriving on the station just as they're investigating this stuff. And then at the end, the Doctor talks the guy back down. And, you know, I mean, it, uh, it, it you know, I, I could see, you know, Tom Baker in this episode easily. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I there's things I don't like about it that much. I mean, I don't hate it as much as some, but... I, I feel like they tip their hands on on Vance Hendricks being a bad guy too early because it's like, well, he's you know he's trying to show up and he shows up as a friend of Doctor Franklin, but we already know they're yeah. bad, and it's like, why go through the whole thing of well, and of, he's very you know, 
he's very like you know uh you know mustache yeah. twirling villain type you know he, he, there's no the, the, even his tone you know he's just he's just incapable of yes. sounding like he's not a villain um yeah, I feel like it would have been a better angle to go with if if he had shown up as just as one of Doctor Franklin's old friends, and he wanted to share this research with him, and then, and then you know, then, then we kind of get into like you know the more more of a uh, of of the fact that he was acting in a really dodgy fashion about things coming out over time rather than us knowing oh they murder people mm. you know being the first thing we find though, out about them though i have to say i didn't mind having that information in advance because the situation it created for me was concern for dr franklin because he doesn't that's know, true but i know and so it's like oh oh no dr franklin's in trouble because he's surrounded by these really bad people that smuggled this <laughs> stuff in and he and he does so I, but i can yeah. see what you're saying but like i kind of like and i also kind of like the hammy Ooh, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an evil archaeologist uh, guy. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 true. But the uh, the there's there's one other episode in season one that's frequently brought up as the worst episode, which I will not tell you in advance because I don't want to prejudice anyone. Okay. I absolutely love the other one that other people okay. hate. See, it's, it's funny like, because I it's think... It's a great it, episode. I think if you had told me in advance that this episode was hated, I'd be saying now that I didn't like it as much as I did. But That's I why I didn't like this up. episode. I, I, I thought this yeah. was enjoyable. Um, between yeah, the two, I think it's a decent episode. Yeah. It's just, you know... Right. And it, it even has plot arc significance, you know. It's like the first – at one point I thought it didn't, but I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, there is stuff that well, they get relevant in, in the future. They get into the PTSD at the end, you know, with uh, – I don't know if it's PTSD, but like but like Captain Sinclair, he basically is behaving in a suicidal manner when he talks oh, down yeah, the Akara. Yeah. And Garibaldi comes to him after. And I thought that was really cool because I feel like in a show like Star Trek, they're kind of – like they they don't feel quite military <laughs> enough to me in a show like Star Trek, but in this Garibaldi and Sinclair feel like real military guys, and so when yeah. he goes in there and he talks to him about it, it just had like an authentic vibe to me, and I also sort of is like space t uh, PTSD done in a good way. Like there was a, um you know like like not like like I've I've seen it handled <laughs> recently. Like I've complained about the Ewok PTSD and the. Uh, in the Star Wars novel, you know, it's not like Battle of Endor PTSD. It's like it, it has, it, you know, I could take this very seriously. I could be like, okay, yeah, I can see how these guys would be affected by that Mimbari war. Yeah, it's it's a nice moment of friendship. Just Garibaldi's coming. Look, dude, you're you're. <laughs> I'm worried about yeah. you. Don't don't be this hero who gets yourself killed. Yeah, I. It, it, yeah, I mean, you're right. There's that's one thing I like about Babylon Five overall. I mean, like you said, the military angle is authentic, and it just the people, you know, the crew of Babylon Five. They feel like real people doing these jobs in this kind of <laughs> crappy space station that they have to deal with, and it's uh, yeah, it just it just feels real to me in that sense. Yeah, it was it was funny too that <clears throat> people don't like this one. I like this better than the purple one. <laughs> like a, yeah, I think I think I did too. Yeah. I, I agree. Although I, there were some weird inconsistencies that I thought were really weird. Like, I felt like they were a little bit loose with like, okay, we need this to like. Generally, I don't find this in the show. I find that they're like pretty good and like, okay, this kind of makes sense. I could see a line of thought where this would work. But like, mm -hmm. I thought there were two very like convenient kind of things. So like, one was the 
the first thing where the guy the guy's like, hmm, that's weird. It's like it's saying that it's deeper than it is. I guess I'll just turn my back to you and yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, that scene that scene stuck out to me. That scene felt yeah. like why is there like not another customs agent there? And yeah, like, yeah. why is he no, just turn? Yeah, it was very sort of. Seems like you're trying to smuggle things in. I guess I'll just turn around and before the guy even offers an explanation too, because he doesn't even say the thing about. Oh, it's just packing material until after the guy's like, "Well, let me turn my back so I can investigate." Like, yeah, because yeah, I, I think I'll he would say, immediately uh, go know, like, "Security, like, you know, we have a problem," <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, with Garibaldi, I say, like, you know, the show ends up making Garibaldi look really bad a lot of the times. You're like, man, the security on this station just just not very good. Yeah, you know? my, nope. my 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 explanation is that it's like. Garibaldi is a really good detective. Anytime he's investigating something, he's like on it. He's sharp. He's like the detective who got promoted to chief of police, and he's just not a good administrator. Okay. That's that's my, that's my view of Garibaldi. Just okay. you know, personally. Okay, I will say at least he had um, subordinates with him when he went to go handle the other yeah. guy. Because sometimes it's just Garibaldi yeah. going down there, and at least there were like other guys with him. I was talking yeah. about that last week, where it's kind of like the Doctor Who effect, where you know there's supposed to be more people, but you ima- you you suspect due to budgetary reasons that all of the other personnel are just off camera, and and so I was wondering how much staff Garibaldi has. Yeah, well, they, they don't have that as much of an excuse for that on this show because they do have a lot of scenes with a lot of extras, you know, mm. where there's a lot of people drifting around in the background. And so they should always be able to afford having those extra security guys walking but, around with them. But maybe it's a choice between all the wacky aliens in the background that's and, true. The, <laughs> and, the, and the security person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's an excellent And, and aliens are just sexier. It's harder not to sort of allocate budget to that. The more more guys in gray uniforms, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, I you know, you'd say you like this one better than the uh, Born to the Purple episode. I think Born to the Purple definitely has its flaws. I mean, I feel like it was just a, a, I don't know, not necessarily more linear, but just like that that was one that like didn't surprise me nearly as much you know what i mean it was yeah. like yeah yeah you know going. everything that's yeah. gonna happen it's like oh she's conflicted yeah. and <laughs> as soon as she showed up and you saw the look on londo's face you knew exactly what was gonna you knew the whole plot <laughs> the moment that episode started that didn't bother me because i did like sort of the the you know sort of the wondering how it was gonna pan out but uh and, and I liked a lot of the stuff. I liked sort of the negotiation with the Narn that was going on. And they brought in the, um, what was her name? Kodath. The, uh, Kodath, the, yeah. The, the other diplomat. And so, you know, she, she, that guy hit on her and she threw him across the room. And, uh, <laughs> and so, you know, it was... And, and then I think we even see that guy later. I think he's got yeah, like he's... an alien fetish because he's like, he's like, he seems to be making flowers to some other yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah that's why he came to babylon 5 alien chicks man <laughs> <laughs> they're everywhere here but uh yeah i, I kind of feel like you know they they went a little broad with uh jakar at points in this episode but you know uh, whatever and uh i i, I like jakar in the first scene he works there in the first scene where he uh you know, has to drink with Londo, then gets busted. But yeah, but yeah, it, uh, it got a little. I don't know, but but yeah, it's 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 an okay episode. I I, I kind of, you know, born to the purple is just it's fine. I mean, it's good for 
this character. I think that's that's where it really, really comes together. You kind of get more of a feel for him as a person. Well, and I also did find, like, on reflection, I found myself liking Born to the Purple more and more. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas Infection was just kind of like a really good episode while I was watching it. Do you know what I mean? That Yeah, yeah. Aside from that ending you're talking about with uh, Sinclair and Garibaldi, there's not a lot of personality to it. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know the, the whole thing with the reporter, too, is just the reporter character is just kind of annoying. And She is the and... most annoying reporter character I think I've seen in a long time. What are they? I, I, ISN? Is that the name of the network? That she ISN, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, I, 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 I don't know. A reporter did something really horrible to uh, Straczynski at some point in his <laughs> life because he just... Reporters on this show, man, they just—it's not a not a sympathetic portrayal. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think maybe one thing people don't like about Infection is there's an awful lot of uh, kind of speechifying in this episode. You know, I mean, you yeah, know, kind of. Oh, go ahead. I was saying, well, you know, I mean, he defeats the uh, bad guy with a speech. You kind of have. When, when the aliens are explained, you have a lot of stuff talking about their concept of purity, and then it, it wraps up with Sinclair giving a speech to the reporter about how important space is, and there's just an awful lot of, you know, it was saying preachy. things. It was very preachy. It was very preachy. And, and it, it felt almost like Star Trek The Next Generation preachy at times. It had that, yeah, you know... Yeah, because, I mean, like, ultimately the message is, hey, killing killing everyone that's not totally pure is bad. It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's whoa, a I never call, right? considered that. So it's it's kind of a straw man kind of a bad guy there. But well, that's what I was going to say too. Was the other odd thing in this too that people might not like is I thought it was really funny how they were like justifying why they needed to like get rid of this guy right away. The infected dude was because like his cannon was becoming so powerful it was going to like destroy the ship basically. But then he fires it like three more times and like nothing happens. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah like, it's it would have been an interesting because because that was an interesting threat to have building, but like you said, it did kind of. I felt like they really fluctuated. I was not clear on how easy because at one point it seemed like when they hit him point blank, they kind of affected him, but then they just sort of. But then he like dug that hole into the ground and disappeared. Um, but because uh, I don't imagine he would have fled unless he was concerned. Um, but uh, but yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, and then his cannon sometimes was like, like even like, like, like you said, like it was supposed to be getting more powerful. But at one point, I think he hit Sinclair after it had already amassed a lot of power, and yeah, he just was like singed. So yeah, he's like ah, <laughs> <laughs> my uniform. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I, yeah. I think it was odd too because, uh, like, I'm wondering if that thing's supposed to be like blast resistant because. In the end, he crushes that little beetle thing just like with his hand, and it like destroys it. So I'm like, are laser shots not enough to like destroy that thing? You know. So. <laughs> well, I was wondering if they just walked up to this guy with a couple of spears, would they have been able to like just jab him in the chest and put an end to things? Like, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe pry yeah. that thing off his chest somehow. But low tech solutions. Uh, yeah, or just use a powerful electromagnet to uh, yank it off. Then again, you're on a, a space station, so that would probably have poor effects. But that's one of the things I did like about this, though. I liked that they were exploring a different kind of technology that mm-hmm. like, that, that I thought was like pretty cool. I mean, even though there was that inconsistency, I thought that was like kind of neat. It's like, oh, you're dealing with this thing that like you're not really used to. And I just thought that presented a lot of like interesting situations. 
Yeah, that is that is you know you know one of the things that's good about this episode because a lot of the episodes in the first season are just kind of the plots there, but you've also got it kind of laying out part of the universe, and it's the you know the Vorlons and the Minbari both have this biotechnology that Earth doesn't understand, and Earth having just gotten almost exterminated by the Minbari is really really desperate to get their hands on that level of technology <laughs> and catch up. So that's kind of the. Uh, the, the long-term background going on here. Yeah, it made me really curious what the other, like, I'm very curious about Narn technology because, like, I know even from, like, the prequel that they wanted to, like, we're willing to sell it to the humans. So I'm like, well, whatever they have must be good. So it made me wonder, like, have, have deals like that already been made with the Narn or, like, what's preventing that since it just seems okay. to be a payment issue? Yeah, I can fill that in a little bit because, uh, you know, basically the Narn were not a spacefaring race when the Centauri conquered them like a few hundred years earlier. And so everything the Narn have is like reverse engineered from, you know, their their, you know, fight to free themselves from the Centauri. So they're they basically got kind of all the knockoffs of Centauri technology is, is their level. As as the show's gone on too, I've been uh, I think I think the thing that Narn are reminding me most of are the aliens from Alien Nation for some reason. The, um, yeah, probably they look like that. And well, they, they look like it, but also I think weren't they like uh, a slave group? They were. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But, um, but they don't share that same uh, problem with water that we've seen. At least <laughs> at least not so far, right? Where like water is like oh the salt acid. water. Yeah, the salt water thing. Yeah, I, I love the yeah. uh, the saltwater Russian roulette that they played. That was the uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was that's one of the most awesome things in a, in any a movie like that. Um, and what was it? Uh, sour milk made them drunk. I think. Um, yes, yeah, so sour milk. I'd forgotten that. God, I haven't seen that movie in a very long oh, time. I, I I I used to love that movie and the TV show. I watched the TV show religiously until it got taken off the air. <laughs> I never the TV show was on at a time when I wasn't watching a lot of TV, so I never caught that. The the TV show was very sort. It was really kind of like a procedural more than anything else, you know. What uh, I mean? Um, but well, it everything was get, back then. What was that? <laughs> everything was back yeah. then <laughs> yeah it was kind yeah, of a buddy yeah. cop uh show yeah this was like a huge anomaly anomaly in the early 90s as being a tv show that actually had an ongoing plot as it went on yeah i was wondering too i mentioned this to brendan and maybe you can speak to this adam but it's a little unclear to me why the ambassadors are so vulnerable like why they don't have more security I, once again, I, that's that's all on uh, on Garibaldi. It's like why? <laughs> but could they like? So do they ever make clear like? Is it because they're just trusting Garibaldi? Like I don't know. If I'm an ambassador and I got attacked like one time, I'd be like, okay, I'm bringing in my own people to like. Hold <laughs> my, my assumption is they're not allowed to do that. Like they can't just bring soldiers onto Babylon Five. Is what I'm. Well, saying. we know we know that L- that Londo isn't allowed to have a gun from midnight on the firing line when he you know assembles his gun from all the things mm-hmm. in his quarters to go kill jakar and you know garibaldi's like all right i better not find any weapons there so we know that they're not allowed to bring weapons on mm-hmm. but but uh there there yeah i mean there's there's there will be measures people take for their own security throughout the show though who knows? Maybe Veer is some kind of like secret assassin ninja guy. <laughs> that's his like his bodyguard on the side. That's that's gonna be Delenn's assistant. But uh, the, uh... <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> yeah, we don't. Basically, so far we haven't had the lens assistant show up, and we haven't had. Uh, well, we've got Jakar's current assistant, but Jakar, well, we'll see. What he kind of uh, goes through assistance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We will not. We will not see uh, the current well, assistant from this episode again. She was a one-time thing. Jakar seems like he would be a hard man, to, a hard boss to work for. I, yeah. I, I, I could see him being very difficult to deal with over a long period of time. Wait, oh, we, he doesn't seem particularly thrilled to uh, have this assistant in the first place, anyway. So wait, we're, we're not going to see this one, Kodath again. Kodath will not be back. No, she oh, is. I was, so I was hoping we'd at least get a little bit of her because I was kind of curious why he reacted that way to her when she showed up. Yeah, yeah, no, there's there's there, no more Kodath because there was it. something going on there. When when they yeah. when they first bumped into each other, and I was curious what it was. No, Jakar seems to have like weird relations with every Narn he meets for the most part. It's like he's just, just... he's just a bridge burner, Jakar. That's it. Yeah, he, is, he, he is. just he's just said f you to to too many Narn. I think I think he's taking the assignment on Babylon Five just just to keep as much distance between every Narn that wants to murder him. But uh, <laughs> that, that seems to be seems to be his plan. Right. But yeah, he's uh, he is a bridge burner. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to end the episode there. We uh, we've been going on for a while, and uh, I think uh, uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to the next episode. So we'll be back on with uh, what, what's the next two, Adam? Do you know offhand, or is that um, uh, what the next two are, uh, the, let me make sure I got it right. Yeah. Par the parliament of dreams and mind war okay. are the next two parliament of dreams is a very intriguing title. Um, it is. And, uh, yes. So, so yeah, so we'll be back with that. And this Friday, um, we were going to do the delightful forest, but we're going to change that up because, uh, lady Chow Fung can't be with us until the following week so we'll be i don't know what we're gonna do yet but we're gonna we're gonna come up with a uh, another movie in the meantime and uh and until then we'll uh we'll talk to you later